Welcome to Copyright Clearance Center's podcast series. I'm Christopher Keneally for Beyond the Book. It's Friday, May 11th, 2018. Andrew Albanese, Publishers Weekly Senior Writer, has the day off. Joining me today are two of the organizers of the first New York Rights Fair, coming to Manhattan's Metropolitan Pavilion for three days, starting Wednesday, May 30th. Rachel Deal is Executive Director of Programming for the New York Rights Fair, and she is also News Director at Publishers Weekly. Welcome to Beyond the Book, Rachel. Thanks for having me, Chris. And also on the line is Krista Raffanello. She's the show manager for the fair and senior marketing director at PW. Welcome, Krista. Thanks for having me, Chris. So the center of the U.S. publishing, obviously, uh, New York City, is also one of the world's largest communities of literary agents and scouts and home to a growing number of film production companies who are always on the lookout to license intellectual property and purchase film rights. So that must be why the city seems such an ideal venue for this kind of a conference, covering sales, negotiation, and distribution of rights to content across all formats, including print, digital, audio, film, and television. So Rachel Deal, when you were putting this package together, what were you thinking when you were planning it all? It must have been something that seemed like an obvious thing to do, yet it wasn't there. Uh, it's true, Chris. We're working on this show um, with the Bologna Book Fair, and I think one of the chief goals was to sort of bring the rights business back to um, New York. You know, I think um, in the past couple years, I guess more than 10 maybe, I'd say, Bologna, Frankfurt, London have really emerged as the big sort of global book fairs for doing um, sort of rights-related business in the publishing industry. And the business of doing that in New York had fallen off a little bit. So with this fair, we were really hoping to kind of bring New York back into play as um, one of the places where, you know, it was essential to come and do this kind of work, you know, to meet with other people in the industry, to sort of buy and sell rights, and then also, you know, to network and um, do the other kinds of things that sort of are standard fare at the big um, rights shows. Well, uh, listeners will obviously note that the New York Rights Fair, Krista Raffanello, is taking place at the same time as Book Expo. And there was an announcement about a month ago that has Book Expo teaming up with the Rights Fair. Tell us about that arrangement and the kind of experience that's going to mean for people who attend both of the programs. Yeah, I'm happy to. So, so this announcement was something that we've been working on behind the scenes for, for some time now, and we were super excited to share the news with the greater public at London Book Fair. Um, essentially, the Rights Fair, from its conception, has always felt like it was a complementary element of Book Expo. In our, in, in, in our mind, as we were drawing the, the roadmap for it, we felt like Rights sort of dropped off in recent years at Book Expo, and what a great way to complement that fair and bring the international community back to New York so they can do business at the, you know, in the content capital of the world. Over many cups of coffee, many conversations, many, com- many meetings, and, and so on, Book Expo made the, the great bold decision to, to join us and to, jo- to join the Rights Fair in co-producing. And so essentially what what's happened is that both entities have opened its doors to one another. We're working in complete collaboration. The energy around it is is nothing but positive. And really what we want to do is create a well-rounded experience for anybody coming to Book Expo or and or the New York Rights Fair. 
what we're going to be doing over the three days of the fair is cross-honoring badges. So anybody with a Book Expo badge carrying an exhibitor badge, a media badge, or an agent badge will have complimentary access to New York Rights Fair. And cross-pollinating, anybody with a New York Rights Fair badge will have the opportunity to attend Book Expo. And what's super exciting about that is we have many folks coming from the international community that otherwise wouldn't have been in New York at this time. So to be able to give them the opportunity to go to Javits and feel the fair and, and be a part of Book Expo is something we're super excited about. Well, there's another interesting partnership as well, uh, Krista, which is uh, with the two parties looking at something called talking pictures. You'll have to explain what that means, but you're working with the Parsons School of Design and the Hamlin Cultural Association and focused on graphic novels and children's books and cover design even there. Yes. Yes, and so this was another missing piece of the puzzle that Stephen Guernica from Parsons School of Design, he's an associate professor there, raised to us in the early stages of the planning that there's a group of people and there's a piece of this that seems to be missing from the conversation. And so you have all of these great graphic designers and artists who are creating these beautiful books and really the focus of Talking Pictures is about the visual book. And they have the ability to sell into many, many, many markets. And these these visual books cross borders, they cross boundaries. Um, and so let's bring them into the conversation. So the idea behind the Talking Pictures Selected Books Contest was to elevate these very special books that represent the U.S. and international market. And let's let's give them a platform at New York Rights Fairs to be recognized and seen and discovered and hopefully sold into more markets. Right. And, and that global perspective, Rachel Deal, is important to the programming you've put together. In fact, there are a number of tracks and one of them exclusively on global perspectives, uh, bringing uh, in everything from Scandinavian crime fiction to just how international blockbusters travel to the U.S. has long been a, a perception that the U.S. market isn't very welcoming to uh, literature from outside the world. The Scandinavian crime fiction is obviously sort of uh, uh, taken a, a crack at that, but tell us what kinds of uh, messages you're hoping to get across on that particular point of the program. Yeah, the first day of the program, uh, May 30th, is dedicated, as you noted, Chris, to um, sort of international, I guess, to the international market. And we have a couple different panels which address, you know, I think some of the trends and maybe some most interesting things happening abroad. Um, we're actually kicking off the program with um, a panel called uh, International Blockbusters Behind the Success of Four Global Bestsellers. And this is a, a panel which is sort of dedicated to giving people who've been involved in selling books that have really become just that sort of global blockbusters um, to give them a chance to explain how and why they think that happened. I think at some level, anytime a book becomes a huge success, there's always a question, you know, how did that happen? Why this book and not another book? So on this panel, you know, we have agents from Australia to England. Um, we have a foreign rights person from Italy, Monica Calignano um, at the Malatesta agency. We have Madeline Milburn, who has her an eponymous agency in England. And they're going to be talking about four books. And again, sort of why and how they became such huge successes. 
we're going to be talking about, um, among others, The Dry, which is uh, a book by an Australian author. We're going to be talking about The Eight Mountains, which is a book that came out of Italy. Um, we're going to be talking about the history of bees. So I think it's going to give a perspective to, to people both in the U.S. Um, and abroad just about what kinds of things happening happen and at what point, I think, in the um, acquisition and sales process that sort of help these books go on to become the hits that they do. And the key figures in all of that, Rachel, are the scouts and the co-agents and the literary agents uh, who are based in New York but who have relationships and offices possibly uh, around the world. You want to bring them into the New York Rights Fair as well and get their contributions to this discussion. Exactly. And if you look at the program, I mean, you'll see that it's sprinkled with exactly those people. I mean, it's a lot of scouts. It's a lot of people working in foreign rights. Um, it's a lot of agents, editors. I mean, these are the people who, as you point out, Chris, I mean, they're the ones who are working behind the scenes. And it's their work that ultimately determines, I think, you know, what books go on to become sort of global successes and not what books don't, but, you know, it's sort of the work they do that really, I think, determines what kinds of books become hits. Right. And, and finally, it's important to note that today in this world of content, as you mentioned, New York, the capital of content, the kind of content that comes out of New York, out of uh, London and many other uh, cultural centers isn't just books, it's films, it's videos, it's YouTube material, it's, uh, of course, all manner of digital assets. And you're trying to expand this notion of what rights are all about to encompass everything from the page to the screen. Yeah, I mean, I think rights is sort of a, for lack of a better term, it's a, it, it's a bit of a boring term, but I think rights are really the lifeblood um, of this industry. I mean, of so many creative industries, there's something that creators can use to bring in more revenue, which is incredibly difficult in, you know, creative um, content industries. And I think if you look at the program, you'll see that we talk, we're talking a lot about film, we're talking about other formats, you know, we have a couple panels about um, audio. And, you know, so much is changing in terms of these other formats, you know, audio is one of the bright spots um, of the industry now. It's driving so much of publishers' bottom lines. So I think there are a lot of questions about, you know, what this means internationally, um, you know, in terms of audio markets abroad. What does it mean for smaller publishers who may not be exploiting their audio rights or don't necessarily know how to do that? Or, you know, um, independent authors who may have audio rights that they want to exploit. Um, and I think, you know, looking at the film industry, you know, we're in this boom time in terms of so much, con so much more content being available from new uh, streaming services. So, you know, we have a whole day of programming which really focuses on things like that. Um, you know, we have a panel where we're talking to um, a number of co-agents and scouts you know, about sort of how the streaming companies are changing the way people are looking at um, IP in Hollywood and what kinds of opportunities could this, you know, is this creating for um, publishers, for authors, you know, who might have content that can be exploited there. You know, we're also looking 
more broadly at markets like China. And, you know, we're not just looking at um, publishing opportunities in China. We're also going to be looking at, you know, how the film industry is evolving there um, and how that affects, um, you know, people with the kind of IP that, you know, publishers and authors have. So it's a, it's a pretty broad program. Well, we've been learning what to expect from the first New York Rights Fair coming to Manhattan's Metropolitan Pavilion for three days, starting on Wednesday, May 30th. And we've chatted today with Rachel Deal, the executive director of programming for the Rights Fair and also news director at PW. Rachel, thanks for being on Beyond the Book with us. Thanks so much for having me, Chris. And also on the line is Krista Raffanel. She's the show manager for the fair and a senior marketing director at PW. Krista, we appreciate your joining us as well. Thanks for having me, Chris. Coming next on Beyond the Book, last month, STM launched the newest version of its Tech Trends series. Edition 2022 bears the motto, Entering the AI Era, Creative Humans and Smart Machines. A half-day brainstorming session by STM's Future Lab Forum identified the different impacts and opportunities that artificial intelligence has for the world of scholarly communication and STM publishing. As Phil Jones, CTO of Emerald Publishing, explained, publishers have become accustomed to thinking about such futuristic technologies. A few years ago, when I was uh, head of outreach at Digital Science, and I would talk about some of the technologies and the applications and workflow tools and and data and analytics and all of these things, um, I would uh, sense a certain amount of resistance from publishers, particularly smaller publishers and learning societies, a, a fear that this isn't what we do, right? We don't do this technology, we publish content. This isn't our wheelhouse, you know, and, and that, that resistance to adopting newer types of technology, I feel, has, has reduced significantly over the past few years as people have gotten used to the idea, as people have learned more about it. Entering the AI era, next on Beyond the Book. Beyond the Book is produced by Copyright Clearance Center, a global leader in content management, discovery, and document delivery solutions. Through its relationships with those who use and create content, CCC and its subsidiaries Rights Direct and Nexus drive market-based solutions that accelerate knowledge, power publishing, and advance copyright. Beyond the Book co-producer and recording engineer is Jeremy Brisky of Burst Marketing. I'm Christopher Keneally. Join us again soon on Beyond the Book. 